0: welcome to the mojo market report here's your hosts dave sturgio and chris gucci what's going on everybody welcome to the mojo market report here on a football friday uh yeah, I mean coming to you from Chop Studios right here. It is Dave Sturchio. It is Chris Gucci, it's A5, Anthony behind the glass. I'm all frazzled right now all of a sudden because I'm just thinking it's a loaded show. And clearly, I feel like everything we said about the Thursday night football games um for the first six weeks of the NFL, like the football gods hurt us a little bit, right? They're like, wait, hold on. Like we could do better, right? I mean, next week's game, by the way, is great. I think it's like the Ravens and the Bucks. So it'll be good. But in this regard, we're like, ugh, two teams, they stink, blah, blah, blah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what moves. And they delivered. And then, what? <laughs> just when you thought you can go to sleep, the game, literally, the guy was taking his last knee for the end of the game. We're like, victory formation, let's all go to bed. We had a great game. Then we get the blockbuster trade that happened. And, of course, with the trade, this is what it is. Christian McCaffrey gets dealt from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers for a second, a third, and a fourth, and next year's fifth, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong on one pick. But the 49ers officially have – well, I know they have a lot of compensation picks. So, like, I thought for sure that they wouldn't be picking into the fifth round. But they, I believe they have a comp pick in the third, a comp pick in the fourth. Um, so they're basically taking the Rams approach here and saying – them picks <laughs> and they're like you know what the heck with it let's add one of the best running backs in football right now and and they do and there's such a trickle-down effect to this Chris and, and, and I'm looking at it and I'm like wow it's funny because everybody was like get the backup running backs in your portfolio and get to backup running backs on your fantasy teams because just in case McCaffrey gets hurt but now it's like just in case he gets traded big deal
1: yeah there's a lot of we were looking at the top movers, and there's no top movers in the top movers over on Mojo Market. As far because, as the Saints game. As far as the Saints yeah, game. Because, we got some though. because of the trade that went down, I mean, there's a lot to break down as far as this trade goes. And we're going to talk about the 49er game later, so I think we should just put this on the back burner. Mm. And when we get to the 49ers, we'll get to it. But for now, let's talk about some top movers. Top movers. I don't want to brush over this game that was played yesterday. It was a good one. They finally delivered some offense, and the mojo market got, you know, it responded
0: accordingly. Yeah, and uh, listen, flowers given to you. Right before the show and last night, you threw out this last flyer. I don't know where you got your source or where, who, who, uh, the information you were obtaining, but you said to go one, uh, go long, or go right now, get involved on a Juwan Johnson. And last night, The guy delivers. He's up uh, just 5%. And, look, I understand that's not crazy and nobody should go nuts over it. But maybe, just maybe, the you know, what was it? Who was out? Adam Uh, Troutman. Troutman was out. So I'm not saying he got Wally pipped. And if you don't know the reference, Google it. But, like, I'm not sure if that's the case. But five catches on five targets. So every time he got the ball, he caught it. And it was a 100% catch percentage. 32 yards, which, again, not nothing gaudy there, but he scored twice. And that's a big thing for the Saints that are searching for offense right now. Uh, especially one, again, once again, it was Andy Dalton. We talked about yesterday, it could be a choice between Andy Dalton and James Winston. James Winston was dressed. I saw him on the sidelines in uniform, ready to go, but I guess he wasn't ready to go-go. And James Winston, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton was your quarterback. I guess a backup tight end benefits from this? Yeah, Taysom
1: Hill would essentially be their tight end one, you would think technically it's like but because he's such a he's gadget guy their quarterback end. issues are are, pr- are very present over there in new orleans right now so Taysom hill kind of lines up there it does open the door a little bit for the other traditional tight ends yeah. to get some action and with troutman being hurt look i got to give my props to the the prop beaver himself <laughs> aj um my buddy he kind of gives me little feeds me information for the mojo market and he came through on this one so shout out to aj for that i know he's watching but yeah Jawan jennings Juwan Johnson. I That's how it went. Again. I did I that did one again. on purpose. I promise. Oh, okay. I, I promise. But there's an inside joke, and AJ gets it. All right. yeah. well, it was a nice little hit. Um, I didn't get involved, unfortunately. I have to be fully transparent. I had a lot going on yesterday before the game with the with the yeah, yeah. breaks and yeah, things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that but I did miss out. hopefully you guys didn't though on Jawan Johnson, a little uptick for that action. Little little uptick there. What did he go up, 5%?
0: Yeah, 5%. So look, if you invested a couple shekels last night, you made some money. Uh speaking of a pass catcher over at New Orleans, we got ourselves a wide receiver one. Mm. Uh, Chris Olave is absolutely slaughtering the game right now. Last night, it, just to give you an idea of just how much volume this guy gets, 14 targets last night. The only problem is he only caught Seven of them. So he catches 50% of the ball thrown to him. But, again, this is Andy Dalton we're talking about here. So he's not the, the world beater of quarterbacks out there. It was Olave that did drop that that one ball that turned into a pick six. No, three. it wasn't. It wasn't Olave? No, it was not Olave. No. Um, it was like their fourth receiver, which, again, that can't happen either. Uh, and I feel bad for Andy Dalton. But if you're watching the scroll on the bottom of your screen, you will see that Andy Dalton was a, a, a mover in the positive way. Because of the fact that he just racked up so many yards being down so much, he was chucking the ball left and right. Um, But he did, listen, seven catches for 106 yards. They got themselves a nice one-two punch once Michael Thomas comes back.
1: Yeah, if Michael Thomas
0: comes back. Michael Thomas coming back.
1: Um. You're ruling Michael Thomas out for the season? I Bro, it was two years ago where I almost essentially ruled Michael Thomas out for career as far as I was concerned. <laughs> he I'm is wrong. on my do not draft <laughs> list forever. And Michael Thomas, look, he's just too erratic for me on and off the field. I know that he hasn't been a real malcontent as far as off the field, but he hasn't exactly been the best teammate. He's not been exactly present. (laughs) So I don't know the ins and outs because they've done a decent job of keeping things under wraps as far as the Michael Thomas saga goes. But I just don't trust Michael Thomas as a player. and that's Going forward, he's just too in and out of the lineup. And we saw Michael Thomas succeed, but he succeeded in a very tailor-made system for his skill set. And he had Drew Brees, who was still kind of had something left in the tank in that season. I'm not in on Michael Thomas, but Chris Olave... All the way up for me on Chris Olave. Yeah, Definitely Olave well moves
0: just 1.26%, but a guy like Olave is somebody that me personally, if you're in on a guy like that, if there's a multiplier available for these young receivers or young running backs, that's when you got to do it. Because each one of these games that they put put together a performance like he did last night, seven catches over 100 yards, then you're going to make some money. So that's why I would 100% uh, invest in Chris Olave right now, because again... If Michael Thomas is, you know, is in and out of the lineup even going forward for the rest of the year, I love Olave's chances to really exceed all the expectations set forth for him when he was drafted this year in the first round. Um, all right, so we did talk about the return. Of DeAndre Hopkins last night, and he delivered right away, right into it. You said it best that this is this is DeAndre Hopkins we're talking about here. It's not some rookie. It's not some guy who has to get the the rust off a bad injury. The guy's been active. It's not like he's not he's sitting on his couch eating Doritos every week. Hopkins was ready for the moment. He gets there in prime time. He's also targeted 14 times. He catches 10 of them because again. When he was at his like peak, peak, and I still think it could possibly happen still. But when he was at his best, he was never dropping a ball ever. That was DeAndre Hopkins' mo: is that the the guy never dropped the ball. So he goes ten catches for one hundred and three yards. Very similar numbers actually to Chris Olave. But the best part about this is the Cardinals get the win. They're they're got their mojo going. No pun, real pun, actual pun. Uh, they got they got some swag going right now. And if you saw Kyler Murray and Kingsbury get into it on the sidelines last night. It was basically saying, you know, they interviewed Murray after, and he said, you know, all he was telling him was calm the F down. Calm the F down. Like, he was screaming it. And he was like, just relax. We're going to be
1: okay. I personally don't mind any of the sideline friction when it comes to teams. In, I mean, they've known each the other for a, a long time. It's a, it is what it is. It could get bad, but we nobody's talking bad about Brian Dable getting in Daniel Jones' face when he threw the interception week one. It fixed his life. And and it kind of turned (laughs) things around, you know. So sometimes coaches and players, they need to get into it to air the grievances. And when it happens on the sideline in the heat of battle, you automatically just, especially if you win the game, yeah. oh, we're all good. Yeah, pages and cream. If they lost, there could be a little more made of that. But they won.
0: They did. And the Cardinals now have moved up. Now, I mean, look, the Cardinals are probably like, yeah, feeling good about themselves, got the win. We're going to be right back in this division hunt. And then the 49ers are like, hold on. Let me add a, a, a star running back real quick yeah, to make I things mean, a little worse. The
1: Cardinals essentially adding their own star player to the That's offense true. and getting options back. And they're right in the thick of it. We looked at the division yesterday. Yeah, it's in the, very open. The Daily, and. Yeah. The division is there for the taking. The Cardinals are going to have meaningful football games going forward with the Rams' struggles, and the 49ers, while they just added a piece, they haven't been exactly living up to potential thus far on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll see what the 49ers could do, and we'll get to that, like I said, in a few moments. But we got any other top movers from this one?
0: That's the top movers that we wanted to bring up um, just from last night. Again, great game, uh, finally delivered, the (laughs) overslapped. I don't know if anybody kept betting the unders. You'll probably still bet the under next week just because – you know that's you can bet on black. It hits red once. It's still gonna go black next time, so it's okay. All right, let's get into week seven. All right, we got ourselves a phenomenal slate. We got six games that we chose. Usually, just do five. This slate's too good not to cover them all. We'll start with the local front. The New York Giants going to uh, I almost said London, but it kind of maybe one day. Uh, the Giants going to Jacksonville to play a game of football. And um, the big thing here is is that both secondaries. That's my first. Little nugget here. Both secondaries are relatively okay. Um, I almost want to say, and again, I'm not, I'm not really making this recommendation. But if you're looking at the quarterback play, both guys have been playing rather well. The numbers aren't ridiculous. Um, Lawrence a little bit more heavier on the yardage and the touchdown passes, but he's throwing more picks. Um, and now this this Giants defense all of a sudden has got the ability to take the ball away. Which again, you waited six weeks to do it, but they're doing it. Um, I wouldn't touch any of the quarterbacks. In fact. I would almost go short on a Daniel Jones. It, he's he's almost due for a bad game. I don't know, like I said, this might just be me trying to be convinced myself that the Dan, the Daniel Jones stuff is a mirage, but like it's it's still happening. So that's what I got on that. Uh but I will say that the Giants do give up big chunks on the ground. The Giants are averaging right now yards allowed on the ground a buck 44 a game. So Travis Etienne, James Robinson, hello. I'm I'm thinking I'm all over those guys this week.
1: Yeah, so I I did a real deep dive on the Giants this week, and the Giants are not good according to the metrics. They really are I've been not. It's hard to tell it's, you. It's hard that. for me. <laughs> uh, look, I know that the Giants are five and one, and there's one stat that you cannot ac- uh, account for in the metrics, and the that's Dubs. wins and losses. And five and one is five and one, but I worry a little bit about the Giants down the stretch because of the metrics that I'm looking at. Since DVOA has been a measured th- stat in the NFL, out of all the teams that have ever been five and one. In the NFL, through through six games, the Giants, and then also conversely, the Vikings are fit into this category as well. They are two of the three worst teams ever in terms of DVOA ratings overall. Defensively, the Giants are 30th overall in team DVOA as it stands right now, as a five and one team. I don't know how that gets it done going forward. I know the schedule is favorable, but then I started looking into Daniel Jones and breaking down. Fourth easiest going forward. Daniel Jones is taking care of the football really well. And he's making big plays in third-down spots, and he's, he's delivering in those high-pressure situations. And that's the Giants are basically winning games on guts and Brian Dable's ability to rally the troops at halftime and make the adjustments that are needed. But, look, Daniel Jones, he's one of five on passes that have traveled through the air 20 or more yards. One of five. That was a week one touchdown to Darius Slayton. Since then, 0 for 4
0: through five games, I feel not, like, wait, that, so you're telling me he's only attempted four passes past twenty he's yards? Attempted
1: fo- well, he has more than five passes over twenty yards, but that's largely because of Saquon on the checkdown and him making people. I'm miss. talking about through the air. Through the air, Saquon. I mean, uh, Daniel Jones, one of five through the wow. air. And All the right. first, the first one was a broken coverage, sixty-five yard touchdown to Darius Slayton. In I week remember that. One. Since then, he has zero. He's zero for four, zero yards. He doesn't even. That's they don't incredible. Even, they don't even try to throw the ball down the field. I know there's glaring. Uh, deficiencies in as far as pass catchers go with the Giants so you would you would think that maybe they'll be able to uh, improve on those numbers if they get some help at the wide receiver position but if you look around I don't know that there's any help coming for the New York Giants they may get some guys a little bit healthy you don't but think,
0: you don't think they're in on the sweepstakes of like guys like DJ Moore or Elijah Moore or I think Odell Beckham Jr. I think Jr., Odell you know? Beckham
1: is is possibly a, a a potential scenario for the Giants. you imagine what this city but, would go through if Odell But I worry back. a little bit because I saw news coming out that Odell is maybe more than a month away at this point. It's already mid-October, late-October. There's October. so many conflicting so reports. So if they're talking about possibly December for Odell Beckham, I think that the wheels might come off on the Giants a little bit before then. And if if Odell looks at what I looked at, what he might think? think twice about going to the Giants because I don't know if he's going to get any passes down the field.
0: Is uh, is Beckham going to try the old Eric Wendell? Like just show up for a playoff run for somebody? Like- I mean,
1: it... If the Probably Giants make smart. the playoffs, and all signs point to them being sense. one of the seven teams to make it, it makes sense for Odell to hold out as long as possible. Because then it's going to increase his demand. The closer you get to playoff time, the more potential for an injury and a spot to open up on a really good team. I think Odell's just going to be smart about it. He really has no clue where he's going to go. He's going to go to the highest bidder on the best situation for him to win a ring. And he makes no qualms about actually ring chasing. He said, yeah, that's what I'm doing.
0: Good for him. I was going to say, good for him for being so open about that and saying, like, he just chased the ring. He's like, no, he didn't. And he's like, no, no, I am. That's exactly what I'm doing. All right, moving on. Other local front. The Saquon, I feel like Saquon's going to
1: have himself a day still.
0: Okay. yeah. So okay. that's
1: who I would go with if I was going to I mean, to that, that makes Giant, the Saquon. most sense.
0: Uh, just so everybody knows, the Jaguars are giving up uh, just, mm, they're only giving up 89 per game yeah, on the I ground. Know,
1: but what are the Giants
0: going to do? True. They're, so when all else fails, be run the ball. To the run. I, I think it's about
1: executing there. All right,
0: moving on. We got the Jets and Zach Wilson and the 4-2 and two New York Jets. Again, this is not an edit. This is not a uh, a misspoken sentence. The Jets are playing good football right now. And now they're taking on Mr. Unlimited with Wolverine Blood, Russell Wilson, and the Denver Broncos. Um, right now, I'll just right off the rip. My big play of this game is shorting Russell Wilson. I will short Russell Wilson. Every week for the rest of time, because this dude is turning out to be not what we all thought he could be, and this goes dates back to last year, and then the trade, and then all the prime time games. Maybe, just maybe, I say short Russell Wilson, and I stick by that. But game's not in prime time. Like I feel like they haven't not played in prime time. Maybe a little less pressure with not the whole world watching. I don't know. They did nothing their, is working. They for got this their guy.
1: teeth kicked in in the one game that stands out to me by the Raiders that wasn't a prime time game. Wasn't
0: that four o'clock game though? Yeah. That's that to me those are almost prime time it's, games. It's if it's a one o'clock Dave,
1: game it's not
0: uh, I'm well aware. Because it's not. if they're
1: playing in Vegas, <laughs> it's one o'clock in Vegas, so it's like early as hell. Hey, who asked We're you? Good.
0: Who actually asked you about that? Just <laughs> All same, right? we don't really need to same. talk about time zones. Time zones are stupid. Anyway, getting back to this Prime game. time. <laughs> primetime. It's always primetime in Vegas is what Dave meant. (laughs) That's that's exactly what I meant to say. All right, so both good defenses here. Again, Russell Wilson, I'm not in on you. Uh, I'm going to short you. Zach Wilson's playing relatively good ball since he's come back. He's winning games, right? So like again, there's hype around Zach Wilson, specifically in the mojo market and specifically in, obviously, New York City. He's winning games. He's not putting up goady numbers, so that's somebody I'll probably avoid even this week. Um, There's nobody else outside of our, our, our pet cat right now, and that's the guy, of Brees Hall. Like, that's, it's going to be Brees Hall show for the rest of time. He's already shot up the ranks and now is like the clear-cut favorite to win Rookie of the Year. So like, the guy is absolutely a stud. This is the time to, to if you've missed the boat so far, Brees Hall's the kind of guy to go for
1: now. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I would agree as far as Jets offensive players go. As I look at the Denver Bronco defense, they're not really a good football team, but the only thing that's kept them in these games is their defense, total defense, second in the NFL and team DBOA. They're really getting it done on the defensive side of the ball. If it wasn't for their defense, they would have literally no hope up to this point. And they haven't had much. But I want to point out a, an interesting uh, situation brewing in the Jets' locker room right now, more so than anything in this game. Oh, is that okay. Elijah Moore demanded a trade or, re, or requested a trade. I he's not going to the, not gonna get it. He's not going to get it. I don't think he's going to get the trade out of the gate, but through six games of his second season, it's a little early for people to be jumping ship on a successful run so
0: far for the Jets. Like, how did he do that after one season of actual successful, like last year when Zach Wilson is in there? He was one of the better receivers yeah, well, in football. Like, look, he came on the Sometimes team.
1: these guys don't want to actually be traded, but they have to voice their concern, and a lot of it comes through the agent. The player will I say a, what he wants to play. I have a theory. Say what he wants to say. I, I saw his tweets. He was responding to a couple tweets, but he was he was a little bit, uh, you could read between the lines, and he was not happy, but he was saying, but I'm a team player. You know, I'm all in. I'm happy for my guys, but that's player speak. Clearly, Elijah Moore is not happy. I want to talk about his usage. First four games of the season, he was he was averaging around 90% of the snap counts. Uh, the last two, 66 58%. Obviously, the production. He didn't get a target against the Packers. He did not get one target. Obviously, the production. He did get a target, but it got there was a penalty on the play, so there was no target. But one target. The production is clearly significantly dipping because of the fact that he's not seeing the field as yeah, much. Yeah, of course. I think he's gotten four targets combined over the last two games. Oh, uh, not God. a good spot for Elijah Moore to be in, but because of the bad spot um, and the fact that he has largely been not used in the in the Jets' offense, he might be in a sneaky position right now. Denver's passed, uh Pass defense is elite. So I, I'm worried about any of the Jets' pass catchers, but maybe an Elijah Moore because he's on a dip right now. He hasn't been used. If he gets a little bit, he could, re- he could eventually go back up to where he should be. With a one good game here or there, I just don't know if I'm going to be in on any of the Jets' offense in this one. Really? This is a short fest because yeah. I think there's a little bit of a – everybody's a little high on the Jets right now, and, li- and rightfully so. It's been a while since they've been this successful, and people are very, very low – but matchup on the Denver Broncos, but matchup-wise, it's just it plays in Denver's favor in terms of the defense in this one. I think Denver has a chance to take this game.
0: Oh, interesting. All right, we'll see. Do you see really it.
1: think that the Jets are as real as everybody thinks? We're They're about to find out because this the road is a very Denver?
0: Jet-like loss coming their way. If, if they do lose, the Jets fans should absolutely say, like, oh, we saw that this coming is from be, a mile away, a mile high away. <laughs> if the Jets win this game, uh, uh, it'll,
1: really? be, it'll be a really significant test. I know Denver doesn't look like the team right now but it's still a a tough place to go in and play against that defense in those conditions and obviously with the young quarterback i I think the jets might struggle a little little in this one offensively so Brees hall maybe but it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding against the broncos defense
0: you know who's not going to struggle this week i don't think uh and it's my uh my guy the returning rain dakota prescott The Cowboys take on the Detroit Lions. Why can't I find this game? No, it's right in front of me. Hello. Um, The Cowboys are back uh, after their loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. They return home to play the Detroit Lions, who the Detroit Lions right now are basically uh, bottom feeders of every statistical category on defense. Um, So, again, great spot for Dak Prescott. If you're in on Dak Prescott, um, you know, the spike is happening because of the return. He is a long-term play for me. You know, I'm actually embarrassed to say I don't have any stock in Dak Prescott. So right after this show, I'm going to go in on Dak uh, long-term because I I think just based off of what we've seen already, uh, based off of the offenses that were dumbed down for a Cooper rush, I feel like Dak Prescott gives the ability. Now I think the Cowboys should run the same offense. Uh, I know it sounds kind of silly, you know, kind of ridiculous where it's like Dak, just run the Cooper rush offense and we're going to be great. Right. And, And I think if they do that, they're going to be good. So, you know, keep your eye out, all the pass catchers over there just in case. So, I'm talking about the CD Lambs of the world, I'm talking about the Michael Gallops of the world. I also think that the Lions giving up 167 yards on the ground a game, this could be an absolute smash play for a Tony Pollard. I say Zeke because Zeke's already top dog, you know, like it's like he'll get his yards, that's great, but splash plays, big plays, you know, you'll be watching all your football on Sunday, and you'll see Mojo post a story on Instagram, and it'll just be a laser beam of a run by Tony Pollard and watch his stock go right up. So I think Tony Pollard has a big game. I think the Cowboys offense has a big game here. Um, you were mentioning to me in pre that the uh, the Lions offensive line is very good. So if Derek Goff has time back there, you could see some big plays out of Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, guys like that. Hawkinson. Cowboys traditionally never great against tight ends, especially good ones. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you're seeing this game out playing out, but I, I think the Cowboys offense, all those guys might do, uh, relatively well this week.
1: I look at the Vikings game a little bit in terms of how I think Dallas is going to approach this one. I want to say this is CeeDee Lamb's game, Mm. but I think the Lions are going to sell out to stop CeeDee in this one.
0: Um, Oh, interesting. Okay. I I just
1: think that they are. Look at the way they handled Justin Jefferson. They threw eight guys at him the entire game, but it was Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne that took over in the second half of that game. You could see a little bit more more coverage rolled CeeDee Lamb's way, but... I also still think that because of the way the Cowboys are going to run the offense, I don't think they're going to try and stretch the field too much. And that's kind of the best way to beat that double coverage zone that they're probably going to be working on CD side is to just work underneath. And I agree with you, the best approach for Dallas in this game would be to change nothing. Go with the simple approach. Keep their offense humming the way it's been. They've been playing exceptionally well, all things considered, Mm -hmm. right? And you have the defense on the the other side of the ball that's hopefully going to bring enough to the table in terms of getting to Goff and he's not the he's not the scrambler where that hurts is you just know what i mean i want to point like, out the fact that it's still the detroit lions right but this is a very good matchup for the lions defensive uh, offensively because they're the best pass blocking team in football that's the first this is the first real test outside of philly i mean philly did a decent job against dallas in terms of uh, protecting Jalen Hurts. But this is the true best test. I think this is the clash I mean, of the Titans. I think Detroit has the best offensive line in football. Detroit is averaging
0: 423 yards of offense a game. So, yeah, yeah they're they're definitely putting up some very, very I've high numbers. And played against Philly, um, so it's not like they
1: haven't played anybody. And they were in that game. You can make the case that Detroit's got a little bit of a fool's gold on offense right now because of the Jared Goff at quarterback. If they had a really solid, like, blue-chip guy, I know Jared Goff's the first pick overall, but he just hasn't proved it. They're talking to you,
0: Brett. Young and all you guys in college. I think there's going to
1: be some room for Amon Ross St. Brown because there's just going to be volume there. Uh, Detroit's going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, it's a curious matchup for me because I'm curious, just want to see how they protect Goff. If they protect Goff well, I like the Lions in this one in terms of being able to score the football, but Dallas is just going to do things the same way. Their, their defense is good enough. Goff will cough it up or turn it over if they put pressure on them. I think, Ultimately, they get home. Dallas gets home, and it's, it's a situation where Detroit, they do well offensively, but nothing crazy. If I was going to go anywhere, I'm going to lean with you on, on Tony Pollard. I really do think Pollard's going to catch the ball out of the backfield and really take over athletically because Zeke is the guy, but Zeke doesn't do what Pollard does. I'm going in on Pollard for this one, too.
0: Yeah, this game's got like 35-21 written all over it. Like, we're going to give up some points. I wouldn't but, go that far. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so moving 35, on. 35? I don't know. You can't. We can't score thirty-five on the
1: Lions. I just don't think that's going to be their. Approach. I even said on another
0: show this week, score forty. Well, forty burger. We'll see. Serving I, them up for lunch.
1: I just think that Dallas's approach is going to be yes. You're right. To it's slow it smash down, mouth, run the football. Easy does and, it. Yeah. And dink and dunk, Dak.
0: I, I would welcome dink and dunk back, Dak back, back. Got that Friday. Okay, we got another game coming up. Interesting scenarios here as well. You would think like when on paper they're like, eh, really? Uh, it is the Raiders and the Texans. The Raiders' offense is just starting to get their bearings, I think. And I think this is going to be a very, very big game for one Devontae Adams and everybody involved within the Raiders' offense because the Texans' defense has allowed 425 yards a game. The Texans' off a defense is Porous. And I think that everybody involved, including a Josh Jacobs, they're giving up a buck 64 on the ground. Jacobs is going to eat, but the big alarming stat again, 425. Overall, the Texans are not a team that can go punch for punch with you. The Raiders might run away with this one. Um, and in specific, I, I have a big, big confidence boost in a a car and Devontae Adams. They put on a show this week. That's just my opinion.
1: I think the Raiders are just going to run the football at will against this Texans defense. They just have a real issue stopping the run And if you look at Davis Mills splits at home and away, he's just a different quarterback on the road. I know that the Raiders' defense has not lived up to any of their expectations. Their secondary wasn't supposed to be good, but their pass rush was supposed to be. Max Crosby, all that money they
0: spent. Yeah. You
1: saw a little glimpse of what the Raiders were able to do defensively when they got their pass rush going in the first half, really the first quarter of the Chiefs game, and then they kind of the wheels came off. But that's the Chiefs. The Texans. On the road with Davis Mills is a very, very different situation than uh, than a um, Pat Mahomes and company. So, Agreed. I think that the Raiders will find some success getting to the quarterback. Davis Mills struggles a lot on the road, as said. Um, Josh Jacobs is the guy for me in this one, and you could clearly point to Devontae Adams as as someone that's going to do well, but. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be the one. That's the Raiders' MO this season. Uh, Josh McDaniels has been just feeding him the football, and rightfully so. If you look at the way he's playing, he's just a new type of player. Like Josh Jacobs, I don't know if he's been dealing with nagging injuries, but this guy's fully healthy, and I've watched him three times fully. I believe it's a contract year. (laughs) So, <laughs> okay. And they didn't pay him, so yeah, Josh Jacobs <laughs> think, is prime. I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that's I feel like sure you could just thing. go in on Jacobs every week because they're going to feed him the ball more often than any player, including Devontae Adams, obviously.
0: I like it. I like it. A very primo matchup coming your way as well is the said, we talked about him earlier because of the blockbuster trade, but it's also the San Francisco 49ers going to Kansas City uh, to play the Chiefs. That game is going to be probably the game of the week, I think. Um, and I asked you... And you said it's, you know, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. A guy is traded on a Thursday night, does he suit up on a Sunday? You think Christian McCaffrey is actually going to be in the lineup here? I do. I'm going to name a couple reasons why. Number 1, being that it's Christian
1: McCaffrey. It's he's been playing football how long, Dave? His whole life. His whole life. So <laughs> it's not really hard to tell a guy that at his with his football acumen and his knowledge of the game. Let's also touch on another point here. So Mike Shanahan, father of Kyle Shanahan, Mm-hmm. Coached the Denver Broncos where one Ed McCaffrey was a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Christian McCaffrey has probably has a f- small familiarity with the 49er system already, being that Kyle Shanahan was essentially babysitting him in the clubhouse. I think he actually said that in I, I 2017. I think they actually did say that too. Yeah. So Christian McCaffrey is now being coached
0: by his former babysitter. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to play on Sunday. Do you? I, well, listen, and if he does, um, I, I want to say this about the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Now, it hasn't been very good. Um, the chiefs are giving up three seventy six per game, but the biggest thing is that they've been giving up a lot through the air. Um, and I can see a Christian McCaffrey catch out of the backfield or two, you know, if they dumb it down and jimmy g Jimmy G is gonna become a check down master you talk about a guy here's a guy who's got the best scenario right now he's got christian mccaffrey just hand it off to and dump it out of the backfield to, and then he's got debo samuel running the drag routes and the slants and here debo take a two yard and go like jimmy g right now is in the best possible scenario for his entire career i don't care where he goes next year Or any years after that, you're never going to have offensive weapons like you have right now, Jimmy. This is the time to shine. Go do it.
1: Does everybody think right now, I'm curious to know, does everybody think the 49ers offense is just going to hum in this one because they got McCaffrey? Because I don't.
0: Um, Well, the fact is the the 49ers offense before this trade um, is looking at 348 a game. Uh, 124 on the ground. So they're already averaging 124 with a bunch of backups. Jeff Wilson, you know, has Elijah Mitchell seen his last days? Like, is he going to just be the supplemental back now? as far as the market projections are concerned, he may have. Yes. uh, But look,
1: that's the curious question here. Is now the 49ers, do they have an opening? Are they looking to trade a Jeff Wilson now? I know that there's going to be takers on a player of that caliber if he is, in fact, on the market. But judging by the way the 49ers usually keep a loaded running back room, I would say they keep all three around. They got four or five guys there. I think that in week in <laughs> so this first game, McCaffrey, while he might get some involvement in the pass-catching game, I think when you play the Chiefs, a lot of times on third down, you know what your back gets relegated to? Blocking. Because the Chiefs blitz a lot. Mm-hmm. Steve Spagnuolo is probably going to dial it up. There is some wrinkles in the pass game that they could probably do a little bit of a screen action, and McCaffrey is lethal in the screen game. But I I would expect they're kind of expecting that. I'm curious to see that matchup right there with like to Shanahan against Spagnolo and how they utilize McCaffrey out of the gate because because of practice hasn't they haven't been game planning for a Christian McCaffrey type offense over there in Kansas City. But the equalizer is usually the blitz. If they could get home with the blitz, it changes everything. I think McCaffrey's gonna play. I would maybe temper my expectations on his, on how well he's going to play in this one. But I could think I think Kittle might be the guy. The amount of blitz packages that, that you're going to see come in their way, it's going to be Ayuk and Kittle as far as I'm concerned.
0: Okay. I'm just checking something real quick. I mean, this is this is just uh, just me being a, a crazy person here. But if I go to the 49ers uh, roster right now, and I'm just at curiosity in the depth chart. Uh, so What
1: do we got? I might know it.
0: Jeff Wilson Jr. I'm, I'm wondering what numbers these guys wear. <laughs> 22. Jeff Wilson Jr. wears 22. McCaffrey wears 22. <laughs> so I'm just kind of curious. You know, how much is he gonna pay Jeff Wilson for that number? Or is Jeff Wilson gonna be like, nah, man, what what? Not that, that listen, I know it means nothing to nothing, but I'm curious. Why not? It piques my interest. All right, great game though. Great game coming it is a up. Good game. And I'm it's very gonna be a good one to watch. It. Um, real quick, we'll we'll brush over this one before we get out of here. Steelers Dolphins Sunday Night Football, another gem of a game, because I really do think that this is a ultimate matchup for the young quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, as of right now, I I haven't read much more into the fact that he's back at practice and he's kind of doing his thing. I think he's cleared protocol. I think. I, I, I could be completely I think today wrong.
1: Is a major stepping stone yes. on whether he's going to get to play so or not. So we we'll could
0: potentially see the matchup between Tua, a returning Tua, and Kenny Pickett. So that's the interesting part there. Um, I'm already long on Kenny Pickett. So if he does go, I'm expecting him to have a big game. Um, the Steelers are giving up 410 yards a game. Defensively. So if Tua does get back, I think they get back in a big way. And it's a Tyreek show. It's the Jalen Waddle show. It's even Mike Kosecki gets into the end zone, does his horrible gritty. Like it is it is the Dolphins offense that could really hum in this game if we're going back to the humming word. But the Dolphins could have to rebound after their performances last couple weeks.
1: After the Bills game, the Dolphins were all the buzz going into that Thursday night matchup where Tua got essentially got taken out for a couple weeks with that vicious hit. The Dolphins haven't won since, and when you look at what their record was before that, it was 10-1 and 1 over their last 11 games. So Tua just wins football games. Mm. I think it's a very good spot for Tua in this one. I also think it's a good spot for Kenny Pickett to shine. Um, as far as the wins and losses go, it really doesn't matter here. Kenny Pickett's probably going to put up numbers. Miami secondary has just—everybody's thrown on them. They are getting a little bit healthier. I'm not sure what's going on with Byron Jones. I what? know he's—
0: I don't know. Right? Oh, By- oh, Byron Jones? for the, He's on the IR.
1: Yeah, but IR set to return supposedly after week five. So, oh, so maybe they'll they, back. they probably have 21 days to get yeah. him active, or otherwise he's done for the year. Yeah, um, interesting. I'm That's not sure, guy. though. That, I thought he was supposed to be back by week five, and he's still not back. So, so he's on the four-week and Xavier IR? Xavier Howard, while he's been a little bit healthier, even when he's been in games, he's been one of the worst starting cornerbacks in the NFL. I'm mm-hmm. not just saying that as, like, he's playing bad for him. No, he's playing bad. It doesn't matter who you put in them in there. Like, Xavier Howard's ranked like 50th according to PFF through through however many games he's played. So not good. The pass catchers over there, not. I mean, the, the pass defense over there is not good in Miami. So you could see George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, I like Deontay it. Johnson action. I think that they're going to do well offensively. But I just think that uh, the, the Dolphins pass catchers are going to be too much. They're going to eat. Dave, all I agree. Right. Largely a throwing game in this one, though. Great game,
0: though. A lot Great of game. Sunday night football is going to be good. I, I got a good feeling about all the primetime games except for the Monday night game. We'll talk about that on Monday, but it's you know they're they're putting they're putting the Bears on prime time again, uh, but that's not our fault, right? They had all the touted and everything like that. It was it was it was okay when they scheduled not it. Our fault, not, I our it's not our fault. Not our not Think
1: anybody's blaming us. It's
0: Not our fault. All right, so that'll do it for a show. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, football. This Sunday is going to be uh, again great slate. We previewed a lot of these games. We think they're all going to be uh, really good and deliver. Uh, be sure to check out mojo.com for all your in-depth analysis. Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you like the video and you also subscribe to the channel. Great content throughout this channel. In itself, obviously, our uh, Mojo Market Report you got the opening bell, you got risers and fallers, you got uh, Sporty Geordie's on here every day uh, spitting something. So, it's a lot of cool stuff over on the YouTube channel. Be sure to also join the Discord. I was in there yesterday talking to a couple people. Uh, that's a fun time. It's basically a live chat throughout the games. So, you can chat with us, you can chat with whoever's active at that. And of course, Download the app. That's the biggest thing. You can't do any of this without downloading the app. So be sure to do that. I know they're giving away, I believe they're going to start you with $50 cash just to get you started. So go check out the app right now. Of course, follow us on social media Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all at Mojo. Uh, and that'll do it. So for Dave Starchild, Chris Gucci, A5 behind the glass from Chop Studios. We'll see you back here on Monday. Enjoy the football.
1: Giant stink. <laughs>